Hey, what's happening? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, John Saxon, and we are on location here in Tennessee with OG badass Eric Martin. Eric, what's happening, big boy? Hey, what's happening? <laughs> like, skating. I know you did. I'm psyched that it kind of worked out this way to where we were able to kind of make this happen. Because I just texted you out of the blue. It was a rainy day. We weren't able to work. And I was just like, hey, you want to do a podcast? You're like, when? I'm like, right now. You're like, heck yeah, let's do this. Yeah, come on over. So, I'm not doing anything. So, so it was kind of perfect timing that we were able to knock this guy out. But uh, I'm stoked. So, uh, so we're here just outside Nashville. Uh, kind of, I mean, is this kind of where you were, you were born and bred? Is this where uh, you're originally from? Yeah, Franklin. Franklin. Okay, yeah. so about half hour from here or so, roughly, yeah, growing up. Yeah. Well, cool. So I guess I know you've been in this area and you've been skating kind of your whole life for forever. You had some stories and and oh, you just yeah. have some you had some pretty awesome stories, which is kind of what inspired me to kind of get this thing going, which yeah. was kind of the brainchild to starting this whole thing and doing one with you because I, I'm a story guy. I just love stories, and you had a bunch of them. So. I don't even remember what what stories I told. I don't even. <laughs> I don't even either. So that's what's going to be exciting about. It. So I yeah. guess uh, tell me about it because I know a lot of there are a lot of guys in the area that are, I mean, well known, not well known, but just rippers, like just since the beginning of skateboard yeah, history, yeah. basically. I mean, right. so I guess maybe maybe we'll start there. Just like what was it like growing up in outside in the at Nashville area, like. At the beginning of skateboarding, like what was it like around here? Like you were able to see the magazines. Did it take a while to get here, or were you pretty much it right was, on the cusp it, it of was, when it was already here? It was like, here. We, we had guys before before us that were already doing it, like Lyle Donahoe, Britt Parrott, Ray Underhill. Ray Underhill was, you know, he's pro. Yeah, um, they, those guys were already skating vert ramps. They already had like a whole like legendary base before we even knew what that was. We were skating in the driveway. These guys were ripping vert ramps, like yeah. ripping. And we were like, just, uh, you know, what's this skateboard thing, you know? Right. And so we we didn't even know those guys. And then we met them later, and then they kind of filled in the gaps for us. How cool. So, I mean, obviously you're starting out like driveways and, and parking lots and stuff yeah. like that. So uh, at what point did you find – because I remember my first ramp experience. I mean, my I'm a – my first ramp experience was just some older teenage dude that had a ramp in his yard. And when he, we kind of like time our sessions when he was gone, when he would like go to school we yeah. and we'd just kind of like poach his ramp and just yeah. kind of run over there and ride it, which I mean, given my, what I do now for a living, I know it's not ideal, but uh, just, I mean, that's how it is. When you're a kid, you just, you don't care about the rules. He was just like, yeah. there's a ramp. I'm going to skate it. It's in his driveway. So you'd kind of make, yeah. Hey, there are no cars in the driveway. Let's get it. We had a ramp. It was a, it was an eight foot tall quarter pipe eight feet wide and it kind of we would get in the drive in the in the garage and get as much speed because we'd have to get way back in the garage to get enough speed to hit it to get to the top the guy that lived next door to there he was the best skateboarder in, in the neighborhood he was the he was all like 70s out edgers on the top of that thing we were like what what is he you know like what is this guy he's so good then we started skating a vert ramp and then we were like 11 foot down to an eight foot i got over there I came back after doing airs and inverts and stuff. We go back to this quarter pipe and I'm like, this looks tiny. What the, and then yeah. I, I got up on the top, no deck dropped in dude, never skated again. Right. He was like, I'm done. Like that was <laughs> you it. Showed him up. Cause he, yeah. Cause he was doing these cool edgers and we thought it was awesome. Right. But then once he saw like we, we were doing like, well, I'm not doing that. 
So he, instead of yeah. doing it for fun, he was just trying to be the top dog. He, he so. was the top dog. He, yeah, hands and once down. he got and once he got eked out, he was like, yeah, "Well, I'm like, over I'm it. Da- I'm done." <laughs> it's crazy. Because <laughs> the that whole happens. neighborhood, like everyone, was getting good. Well, I'm sure they were getting good, but it's funny how uh, kind of your mentality changes with the relation of what you're comfortable with. Like you go to yeah. a bigger ramp and then you come back to the smaller ramp and it doesn't seem so intimidating anymore. But when right. you start out on that ramp, even though even though eight feet's a pretty intimidating ramp in general, like you you go up to the big boy, the vert ramp, the 11 foot, which yeah. I mean, nowadays, that's this, tiny. Now, even now, <laughs> nowadays, that's tiny. I mean, some yeah. of the normal size ramps are 12, 13, 14 foot vert ramps, which is just monsters, monsters. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's funny how you, the relation changes. So I guess, uh, what, where does, I guess the, uh, where has ramps, the, the evolution of ramps, what has the evolution been like in the Nashville area? So, I mean, has there always been so, ramps? Like, yeah, we had a lot of ramps, a whole lot of ramps in Franklin. Like, okay. It was like the ramp capital of this whole area. Really? Yeah. I mean, every, it, it was like every driveway had a quarter pipe. Mike Morrison and Keith Nash were BMXers. Back, I don't know if you know that. I did. Mike the, told me he used to ride BMX. So they built this ramp, and it was kind of like maybe seven on one side and maybe six on the other side. I can't remember. Eight feet wide and about 30 feet of flat because they built it for bikes. Right. And they had dirt jumps out there, like everywhere. They just had BMX trails. Yeah. And then that was the first ramp I ever learned how to drop in on. Oh, that's hilarious! And it was, it was, totally not the same on both sides. <laughs> you said it, how big on one side and how it big was on like the other? Seven and maybe six and a half. Or oh, okay. It was a little bit off, and it was like they didn't cut the trannies. They didn't cut. <laughs> they just put a bunch of two by fours to stack them up like this. Oh, you the old school way. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. We that, did that a lot. I'm sure. We I didn't mean, know what we were doing. The Thrasher Ramp Plan book, it showed how to do that kind uh, of stuff. We too. never read that. Never. Well, I don't know <laughs> who read that, but <laughs> it seemed like most people just took yeah, two by fours and stacked hey, them I up. I think this is how you do it, and here we go. That's just how it was. I yeah. mean, you see any old school picture, whether it's bike or BMX, skateboard, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it, that's kind of how a lot of the ramps were back in the day. And unless we had, they were, yeah, we had an, another, like, so, uh, you know, every neighborhood, every driveway had pretty much had a quarter pipe in it. Right, and then other people would build half pipes. So this one kid named Andy, he had one that was a five foot, twelve feet wide. And then all of a sudden, we're skating it a lot. And then here comes Bill Danforth. Bill Danforth, pro for Madrid. Yeah, and we're like he's just showing up skating our ramp like every day. Like we're like, what? That's a trip yeah. when that happened. Yeah, I'm and sure. he skated all the spots with us. And really. Then he just, was gone he's the nomad he's gone so is he from this area as well then no he's from michigan what was, what was he doing down here i don't know but i i've been i have other friends like from uh like uh washington and oregon and they're like yeah uh or in san diego even they're like yeah man uh bill danforth used to skate with us in our town back in 88 or whatever and we're like dang he was in my town and what are you talking about no he was everywhere he was he omnipresent cloned, he cloned himself <laughs> he must have he must have cloned himself <laughs> there are multiple versions of him just yeah. floating around the world he was the cloned nomad he was the crazy so one thing that i did want to ask you about is uh i know you said it never got finished but you were telling me about the vert ramp in I want to say it was in Franklin. That was like in the woods or something like that. That, Like just this. I don't know anything about that ramp. Oh, you don't know anything about it. All I know is like, hey, there's this ramp. It's like 16 feet tall and it's in the (laughs) woods. And we're like, what? 
<laughs> and then I never saw it. I just Mike saw it. He uh, a couple people saw it, but it never got finished. Okay, so it was just a mythical. It was, it was real. It wasn't yeah, it just was a real. mythical thing. Yeah, I okay. have no idea if it was really sixteen feet tall or just maybe ten and a half. And people were like, "Whoa!" That's or maybe crazy. some kids looked at it and just are not good at right. actually figuring things out. Yeah. So uh, if I remember right, you were telling me um, another story about a park you guys set up. It was kind of not not really uh, legal. Like you just kind of set up ramps in like a warehouse or something like that, if I remember oh, right. No, that's uh, that's the Kokomo, the legendary Kokomo's Park. The Kokomo's never Park. never opened. Oh, so okay. So he actually paid to have this thing built. Okay. So – he spent his whole life earnings on this oh my gosh. skate park, and it was supposed to be the world's largest indoor wooden skate park. And we helped build it. It was something that we were like, all right. So they hired, you know, Kevin Harris, the guy. He I'm was not. a freestyler for Pal Peralta back in the day. Okay. They I, hired him. He had a park up in Vancouver, and Colin McKay came out of that park. Oh, okay. Oh, really? And so – We'd seen that part. We were like, so they hired him to come out. So he brought his crew down, and they hired us to come help. I don't even think we got paid for it, but we were we didn't care. We're yeah. Like, oh, we get to skate this. Totally. So they built. We built it, and then we skated for maybe like two weeks. I don't even know. We skated for two weeks. But it, <laughs> fire marshal came in and was like, "Nope," and dang, never opened. They so, tore it all down. So what happened? He he just was trying to renegade it and just build it without getting permits and stuff? Or I don't know all the details on it. I was like 15 years old. Oh, okay, or okay. 16 maybe. Dang, that's such but, a shame. I hear about that stuff regularly, and I'm just like, dang. Like, Yeah, I think he it was a, it was zoned for industrial, and he was – and what's funny, this warehouse, it, like it's out in Hendersonville, that warehouse now has a gymnastics – like you know what i mean like it's right you could walk in there and your kids doing flips on trampolines or whatever yeah like a gymnastics studio i was just gonna say it's funny that they weren't stoked on it being in an industrial area and a lot of skate parks nowadays are in industrial areas because that's kind of the perfect place to put them because buildings are cheaper yeah and it's out of out of the off the main road off the main grid where Something like a skate park can kind of thrive. You don't have to worry about bothering the neighbors because no one cares. They're usually just big warehouses full of, like, oh, this thing not was, bothering anybody. This thing was huge, and he was planning on – so we had this little corner. It was like a little – so let's say the the thing was – I don't even know how – the the depth of that thing just went for days Ever. all the way down. Yeah. And we were just on this one little section. So we were probably like 1% of that building. Yeah. And it was like the plans were – because we were like, let's build a vert ramp. Yeah. Oh, that's in stage two. I'm like, well, why are we building this eight foot tall ramp with four inches of vert? We don't like that. Right. It's too way too. You know, it's yeah, too yeah. tight. It's steep. Yeah, it's steep. <laughs> but you know, they built that, and we we're like, ah, people what just a waste. Have, people what a just waste. have these these thoughts in their mind of what the perfect transition yeah. is. That's you that. could do, you could do airs and lean the tails and stuff like that on it. But oh, of course you can. I mean, people can do fun. crazy stuff like that yeah. on anything. Like yeah. you put some. Four foot ramp with vert on it. People still air it. It's just oh yeah, you have to be pretty good. Yeah. You have to know your stuff. But you try to just go across the board and, yeah. and make everyone happy, as opposed to just cater the really good dogs. Oh but yeah, I guess it is what it is. So, uh, so I guess growing up, obviously you've crossed paths with a lot of dude. Did you ever compete and stuff like that back in the day as well? Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. like do you travel and all that stuff? Because yeah. I know there were a lot of yeah. like. Um, if Donnie, uh, Meyer was talking about how like there were, a, there's a big connection between Tennessee and Florida guys and stuff and how like 
he would travel back and forth a lot. And yeah. that, is that kind of your your so same story with you? Well, yeah. Well, Donnie's a little bit older than us, but Donnie was friends with Lyle Donahoe and Britt, and I guess Ray Underhill. They were all in the. They had this thing called Mess, like the uh, Mid Eastern Skateboard Series. Okay. And. And it was just mess. So anyway, Donnie was part of that because I've seen pictures of him skating in those contests. But that was way before us. That was like early, early 80s. Oh, okay, okay. So you weren't weren't on the scene at that point? No, we weren't on the scene. Okay, so I guess when did you start? Like late 80s then? Or early 90s? like mid. We were, you know, we were skating in the driveway. Oh, okay. Okay, so you were just getting getting started, getting going and stuff like that. But there was like vert ramps everywhere. And like there was, I'll give you a little rundown. So before us, there was... The Tyne Boulevard ramp. Okay. And there's a guy named Brian Feaster. They call him Bear. He skated that ramp with Bill Danforth a lot. That, that was They were awesome skaters. Brian Feaster, Bear, awesome. And then uh, then Lyle uh, and Britt, uh, Jay Cabler is another guy from Knoxville. They had a ramp in Madison. They call it the Mad Ramp, of course. <laughs> yeah, of then, course. Then, so, then somehow that one got burnt down like somebody burned it, like some lady got mad or something. Burnt really? It. And just, hey, let's burn this ramp. But we, we don't want these guys skating over here. So then Dang. they relocated it in Goodlettsville, and they called that the Nad Ramp. <laughs> and then Kokomo had a ramp in his backyard. And then Kokomo, uh, I think Kokomo's son got stuck underneath the ramp. And like his name is Tori, and he got stuck under there. He's just a little kid, and he oh got my stuck. Gosh. And then they had to tear out, tear down the ramp partially to get him out. Oh my god! Like he was just climbing yeah. around under there. Yeah, he's just climbing around. He got stuck. So they were like, "Oh, we got to tear it down." And I remember Lyle saying he got so mad because they were trying to skate, and this kid's stuck under the ramp. <laughs> they got to tear the thing down. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I don't know the rest of the details on that, and like how long it took him to build it back. But um, so then they built. Lyle went back over there in the late 80s and built the same in the same backyard and built another vert ramp there. And that's what we skated. That's what really? we learned on. Really? Yeah. So what was what was what size was that ramp? Was I think it was 11. I think it was 11. 11. It was like 16 feet wide. It, was, okay. it wasn't wide stuff. Yeah, but 16 feet wide and 11 feet tall. That that feels really skinny. Like when you're at when the you're, time, we're like, man, this is way bigger than eight. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> bigger than eight for sure. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, we but, skated ramps that were eight and twelve. Eight oh, and I'm 12 sure. Wide. Yeah, I'm sure. But yeah, it's just sixteen seemed huge. You know, I guess in in retrospect, yeah, you. I mean, as a kid too, you you could find any. It could be four feet tall and or four feet wide, and you'll have a blast on it. You'll yeah. figure out how to ride it, but. That's, that just kind of hones in your your skills to like the straight up back and forth. There's no carving, no nothing. Right. But, so even 16 feet, it's just looking back because ramps nowadays are. I mean, sky's the limit yeah. on how wide so they can be. What's the vert ramp out there? Uh, it's probably going to be 48 yeah. with a with an eight foot, uh, roughly an eight foot rolling. So so Mike Mike's been spoiled and he's like, man, it looks pretty narrow. <laughs> it's 48 dude come on but i don't know i mean i'll take 50 whatever hey you know yeah 60 whatever i mean how how wide is the ramp he skates now the vert ramp he skates now it's there's no ramp that's what i'm saying so <laughs> be, <laughs> be happy with what you're given hey, i didn't say it yeah. <laughs> yeah. no no i mean hey it's I'm here. Let's build. Let's build what everyone wants. I'm happy. Right. Like whatever job security, I guess. But yeah, no. I mean, uh, in all fairness, though, uh, I, I get it. Like, hey, sure, why not go a little bit bigger? I mean, why not? Why not? We're here. Let's do it. Yeah. But 
Yeah, I mean, still 16 feet, getting back to what you were talking about earlier, 16 feet is still in nowadays time, like terms, that, that feels tight. But back in the day, like that's how ramps were. Like it's yeah. not really a, a big deal. Like I was talking about the ramp that we would kind of renegade in the in the older kid's driveway when he was gone. That was only four feet wide. And we would have the time of our lives on that thing. So yeah. it's like you, you, <laughs> you just get accustomed. Oh, my gosh, your cat just walked in through the wall. Yeah. That's that was weird. That was great. Uh, but yeah, so I guess that's so I tell me a little bit more about like traveling and stuff like that, because I know you guys traveled a little bit. We, I think, yeah, you, we I, used to go to Atlanta a lot. We to go to Huntsville. And, I'd have to imagine some like you guys, all the different scenes, because where we are in Tennessee, there's other like there's Knoxville a couple hours away. There's Atlanta a couple hours. There's Chattanooga a couple hours. There's yeah, the, like Kentucky, uh, Louisville. Oh, we went to Memphis, Louisville. Yeah. So, I mean, there's. There's like little hubs of people all over. Like, did you guys connect with got like talent, like crews yeah, all over the place? Because yeah. I mean, that's kind of how it was for me growing up. But I know, think like skate parks were a lot more prevalent when I grew up compared to then. I would assume. I mean, like the, I could be wrong. But. The the Huntsville guys were all Huntsville. I would say with Birmingham, those guys were all like our age. Okay, so we were, you know, we connected with them a lot, and then. The Atlanta guys were always, they're just a little bit older. Okay. And that, the ones that we skated with. Gotcha. So they were, but I've connected with those guys years later, you know. Gotcha. Lo, you know, lo, you ever heard of Load? I haven't. This guy named Load, he's the shit. Okay. <laughs> should I look him up? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you should podcast with him. I, I would love to. He's a builder too. Does he got stories? He's got plenty of stories. I love stories. He, he built a lot of stuff. Yeah, lots of ramps. I like him already. Yeah. Let's. I would love to connect with him. That sounds yeah. great. Well, I know, like you were, you were telling me one time you were going out to Colorado for like a Misfit show or, or like one of the the most recent Misfit yeah. show that was out there, and you connected with a dude that was like, yeah, you just so, hadn't seen each other in years, and it's just I, I love that yeah, kind of so, that small world stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, I want to go see the Misfits. Where are they playing? Seattle, San Francisco, or Oakland, or whatever, L.A. They had a, a list of things, and then it said Denver, and I was like, I'll go to Denver. Denver's chill. I'll go there. Denver's sick. And then I'm like, I'll get my, I got my ticket. Then, um, of course, I just end up going by myself, and I was like, I'll just go solo mission on this. So I hit my buddy up at Liz and Golden, and, and we go out there. He's a bluegrass singer guy. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you want to go to skate park? He's all hyping me to go to skate park. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. Like, So I got on the uh, Concrete Disciples, and I found one. And I was like, this one looks cool. Let's go there. We get we get there, and there's you know two older guys about my age hanging out drinking beer. Of course, they're going to be drinking beer. Of course. And they're like, you know, their backs turned to me, to, away from me. And I'm, I walk up, and I said something to him. Dude has a, has a wounded knee T-shirt on. And I yep. was like, oh, wounded knee, what's up? And then he's like. Eric Martin, what the hell are you doing down here <laughs> or out here? And I'm like, I'm going to see the Misfits. He's like, me too. Like, so he did the same thing, like looked at the list and was like, Denver sounds one. cool. I love that small world yeah. kind of stuff. So then we just skated everything. We did. I went and hung out with him uh, everywhere. Yeah. It's yeah. funny how that we works skated out. Skated the pump track out there in yeah. whatever town that was. I, lo I love that. And just for the people listening to preface, if you can hear it, there's a crazy storm going through. So that sound in the background is some crazy rain if you can hear it. But if not, maybe I'm just losing my mind. But if you can <laughs> hear it, that's what it is. But anyway. Set in the mood. Set in the mood. That's right. Yeah. Wild storm for sure today. <laughs> like you guys have some wacky weather out here in Tennessee. Yeah, you do. Like it's kind of crazy. It's almost obnoxious how how 
off the wall, how bipolar the weather is around here. It's insane. Right. But uh, so I guess since we got onto the onto the topic of the misfits, you are you became friends with Erie Vaughn as well a little bit. I don't know oh, if you yeah. want to talk about that. Yeah, we can talk to, about Erie Vaughn. I don't because I, I know you mentioned like let's chill when he. I don't know if he was here or you just said like. Oh, we I'm not sure what, I'm, what I'm, could be posted yet. So, oh yeah, so we're working on Erie Vaughn, his new solo record, but I don't think he's announced that yet. Okay, so let, let's just say he's maybe he's working on maybe that. maybe he might. He's be talking working. about he's it. He's talking about it. Okay, yeah. Cool. Let's just keep it as vague so as possible. It, he'd been wanting to do a record for like I don't know twelve years. Okay, and he's in you know Nashville. He's like, hey, I'm going to make a record. Yep, but. You know, sometimes you just get bogged down and, you, and it doesn't happen. And a lot of these people, I don't want to rag on Nashville too bad, but a lot of these musicians are like, you know, they're not going to play what he wants to play. Right. They're going to play what they want to play. They're like, oh, well, I wrote this song and here's how I want it done. And they'll go, oh, but I think you should do it this way. And they're uh, not going to play it like he wants. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So that's how we kind of connected more like, well, I'm, I'll play however you want me to play it. Gotcha. And then we'll I'll have some input, and if you like it, then we'll do it. If not, then whatever. You'll do it his way. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And I had a lot of input on it. That's that's awesome. So I know you have like instruments, like you have a drum set, you have a recording studio here in the house. You have, I mean, thirty yeah. guitars. If I like, you have yeah. a lot of guitars yeah. just all over the place. So obviously, you play instruments pretty heavily yourself like do you play yeah. a little bit of everything i would assume because it seems like you uh, have every instrument here in the yeah, house well, like, i've just been a guitar collector for obviously years and years and years and then my friend moved to colorado comes over and he's like hey i need you to take these guitars and give them a home while i'm in colorado i'm like are you moving there are you you don't want to take these with you because you know he's got cool guitars yeah he's got a uh, it's not in here that that banjo guitar right there it's uh -huh. a six string it's not a real banjo but that's his what, 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 why is it not a banjo? It looks very banjo-y to me. It sounds like a banjo, but it's a, it plays like a guitar. So you don't have to know how to play banjo to play that thing. Oh, really? So if bl real bluegrassers will be like, get out of here. Really? Yeah. <laughs> There's some snobbery oh, in banjo. Oh, yeah, banjo they're not going to have it. If you could show up with that thing, they're going to... They won't kick your ass, but they're going to tell you to get. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, like showing the banjo up, mafia. Yeah, like you show up to skate a ball with these heavy hitters, and you, and you show up on a on a whatever that thing was. You know the little oh the ripstick rip or whatever. You show up on a ripstick, and you're like, get out of here. That's funny you said that. There was a whatever. kid that showed up at, the, at Two Rivers Skate Park on a ripstick. Yeah. He was actually like kind of, I mean, lack of a better word, kind of ripping it up, like yeah. kind of shredding a little yeah. bit. But it was. A little goofy, honestly, but yeah, he was like dropping in on big on big ramps, yeah, on a ripstick. I was. I had used to have this impressed. weird board that had a a weird like it had one big fat wheel in the back and one big fat wheel in the front. Really? Yeah, and the front truck would swivel just a little bit. I mean, that sounds like it's on the way to the evolution of a ripstick. It could have been similar anyway. And I and I dropped in on that thing like really, just like hey, let me get that out and see if I can drop in. On just see. I like guys. doing stupid stuff. You know, I like to drop. Do like you've seen me skate the ball. Like, yeah, you drop it on the edge. I on drop the corner. it. On, Mike did it. Like no one else did it. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's cool to think sure outside the box a little bit. We'll do it, but you know, that's why I appreciate riders and skaters that think outside the box as opposed to just kind of being pigeonholed in this little tiny category of this is how you skate. These yeah. are the tricks you're supposed to do. These are what, this is what you're supposed to learn. This is how you do it. This is the style you're supposed to have people that think outside the box. Those are the people that stand out. And you know that, that the, talking about that, everyone we skated with back in the day 
kind of had their own little style of yeah. tricks. Like, here's my bag of tricks, uh, and, and then here comes another guy. I got my bag of tricks. They were all different. Yeah. Like, look at Keith. Keith does the weirdest little, like, that Ned thing that he yeah. does. Who does that? Not you a lot of people. Do that? I, I've seen people do it, I, but not very many. Very, not very but, many. But it's cool. It's very cool. Yeah. I like it. And then Mike's got all those lo- weird little shovel, shove it, or like things that he does where he shuffles out, like reverts or yeah, he like, like pivots almost. Yeah, he kind of slides that real, like, and then you know, yep. like it's what is very that? cool. That's a cool. The one thing I did, appre- I always appreciated about that, whether you're watching a video or actually riding with people that have just weird, wacky styles, you see them do something, and you're like, oh. That could fit into my bag of tricks. I'm yeah. going to steal that when he's not looking. <laughs> yeah. Like that dude, if he skated with that guy that, that it's like he, he doesn't really know what he's doing, but he carves backwards. Like fakey? Yeah. He's he's like, where's the bike helmet? I don't know. And he gets down. He doesn't drop in. He just gets in the bowl and like fakies until he works his speed up. Then next thing you know, he's carving backwards. Ah, and yes. So today he. So he doesn't realize. He's just, he's just riding. He's he just riding. He he's actually. Yeah. And he has no real, real fear of like what's going on. So like he goes up today and does a no stall to fakie. Really? And, and that's a pretty. Like, that's I don't think he even thought about it. He just did it. Yeah. It's like, all right, dude, you're getting it. Like crazy. And it's just weird that he can. He didn't even think about it. Wow. Yeah. That's that's a that's a trick. <laughs> that's a scary yeah. trick. Yeah. It's hard to just get up in there because that coping sticks out a lot. Right. I mean, you. I get. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you could just jam your front wheel in and just kind of let the weight take, come off a little bit to yeah. get up in there. But, but his still, was, his was on a six te- foot ramp, that's textbook t- no stall without thinking about textbook. it. Textbook, yeah. It's so funny how that works <laughs> out. Like kids and just people that don't understand, like that shouldn't be that easy. They just do it, and yeah. it just kind of works out that way. That's why kids are getting better and better, younger and younger, because they see their peers and the older people doing this, doing this stuff, and they don't realize. That should be a really hard trick to learn. They just go do it, and, yeah. and then before you know it, you have six, 13, 14-year-old just absolute rippers out yeah, there. I don't even know what they're up to now. Like It used to be like, Tony Hawk did a 900, and it's like, this kid from Woodward did like a what 12-something or another. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 1260. What? I think it could do, did a 1260. So it's like because 1080 that, and then 1260. Well, yeah. because some of those How? kids that are young, because I've seen it just obviously living up by Woodward, I've seen the the progression of these kids they just get so good at such a young age and they can spin like a top if they're if if they're if they're comfortable on the ramp they can spin like a top on the mini mega ramp that they have there at camp and they can pull these crazy tricks the 900 the 1260 whatever and it's just like wow these kids are insane but then once they start putting some meat on and start growing into their bodies they're not able to spin as fast so it kind of helps them being young good and just light as a feather to be able to spin as fast as they can so he's like 60 pounds and he's like right 12 60 and then yeah. he, then he gets a little bit bigger yeah age gets on him totally and he goes down to a 1080 and then he's back to a 900 right and then he's back to a 540 <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's, and it's funny the five five forty like it's it's still cooler I, than all of those it's still cool it's, it's just way better like a good looking 540 there's it, nothing like it tony hawk just did his last Nolly 540. Nolly 540. It was a, it was a, what was it? Uh, was it, it was an Ollie, right? Nolly. Nolly. Nolly 540. And He's he, like, this is he, my last one I've ever done. And the first and one I ever did was it. like an 89. He sold it on an NFT. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> oh, crazy. Yeah. Cryptocurrency. That, really? Yeah. 
Well, because people I, are doing I, that now. They're selling things like they're all oh, look at this video clip of Tony Hawk doing a whatever the last Nolly five forty, yeah, or whatever it was, and then they then he sells it. And somebody buys it for like $30,000. Sells a trick or sells a skateboard? Sells the video or whatever. It's just a digital oh. image of this thing. But you, he, whoever buys it owns, owns the rights to the it. The rights to it. Crazy. Which, Crazy. that's a great idea. You might I mean, as well do a, it. It is a great idea. I don't know if I want to go down this rabbit hole with to, you. But I can. I'm curious. <laughs> All right. So how about this? Let's put like, I, don't want to, <laughs> I am curious enough to want to ask you a little bit about it. So I want it. Can you give me the 10 cent tour? Because I know you're big into cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and that kind of stuff. So I know you told me a little bit about it. But because my brain – I'm such a dummy, there's no way I can retain that stuff. So it might be one of those things I have to like kind of record – like do it here on the podcast. That way I can listen to it a couple times and be like, okay, now I get what – so give me – start off with the Tencent tour of Bitcoin and all that stuff because I know that's a – you're really into it. I mean, I see the setup that you have. Well, I had to you. turn off the miner, the Bitcoin miner, so we could do this interview. Okay, so maybe let's <laughs> let's start there. So you said a Bitcoin miner. It looks like an air conditioner in the window. So what is that so actually? I, I doing? built this box around the Bitcoin miner. Okay, and the so this thing is loud and it's hot. Okay, it sucks. So I put it in the window I, and I put a bunch of insulation in there. So I made it where it's quiet, quiet, okay. much more quiet. Okay. And then normally in the wintertime, you know, people are always complaining like, oh, the Bitcoin mining is, it sucks all this energy up and it's bad on the environment and whatever. And I'm like, let's look at like a, uh, um, any industry, right. the, the music industry, how much electricity is the music industry burning right now? Right. A lot. There's so many bands and these huge lights and these big, all this stuff. They're burning the crap out of electricity. No one ever points fingers at them. Hey, you're burning too much electricity. Why don't you be in an acoustic band? Why don't you what, look at these bluegrass guys? They just show up and play. They don't even have amps. Right. Yeah. But anyway, let's get that's beside the point. But, uh, so this thing, I built it to uh, mine only in the wintertime. Really? So I'm heat. My air conditioner, my heating unit hardly ever kicks on unless it gets real, real cold. Really? It has to get real cold for that thing to kick on. So this thing heats the whole house. What? Yeah. So what? It, what? I mean, is it just like a computer in there? What is it? It's a little computer thing in there. It's just like Like a a little hard drive or something. It's just like it looks like. So it's got three, uh, what they call hash boards. Okay. So there's one, two, three of them, and it's got a fan on this side and a fan on this side. This one's the intake, and this one's the blowing it out. Yeah, yeah. So I put it in the window to suck that cold winter air in. Yeah. And it pulls it across those hash boards. Yeah. And then it blows it out this end. So now, obviously, it's, you know, I'll, I'll run that thing until it's just too hot. And I'm like, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'll turn it off. Yeah. And when it gets cold, I'll turn it back on. Yeah. And it's cool to just mine a little Bitcoin. Okay. And it's cool. So, okay. So. It heats the house. Th- saying that, mining Bitcoin, what does that mean? So, there's transactions that are made. People are like, oh, I'm going to buy Bitcoin or I'm going to do this. I'm going to buy pizza or whatever. Okay. But you, you, know, you went from buying a pizza to a Tesla. Yeah, but people are buying and and exchanging these things, and they, you have to process those orders. Like Visa, Mastercard, they have buildings with servers in there. They're paying for all these servers. Yeah. Well, Bitcoin being decentralized, anybody could be those servers. You could be the server. I could be the server. Anyone mm. across the whole world. So there's no one central location that these servers are sitting in some room 
in some downtown skyscraper. Yeah. They're all over the place. Okay. They're in every home here. In all of, And people have mining farms. They have, like, big warehouses full of these things. Okay. But I think it's better if I'm heating the house with it. And I'm Agreed. not making as much as those guys. Uh, I'm making. There's another guy we skate with that's got eight of them in his in his condo. Oh my gosh, he's mining the crap out of it. So this guy makes his condo hot as hell, though. Yeah, like so, so, hot. so. I guess that being said, how do you like so? This so, thing's crunching the numbers, so it's just it's it's finding those blocks and making those transactions happen. Okay, and then it pays me in un. Like these coins that it's giving me are unmined coins. So like you have 18 plus million coins right now and there's 21 million total. So there's that going towards that 21 million number and we're on, we're mining these new coins. Okay. When I say coins, I mean like small fractions of a coin. You're not mining a whole Bitcoin. It's not like, Oh, I've just mined for three months and I got one Bitcoin. Gotcha. You're mining like point zero zero. Six or seven. Okay. You know, but over time, that adds up and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. It, it adds up. Okay. So it's not – so you can obviously use it. And one thing when you did tell me and when we talked about it briefly just a couple weeks ago or whenever that was, uh, you did tell me it's not a real currency but is a very, very real in the sense that you can still use it. It's very – it's real – it's as real as using your debit card to pay for stuff. Yeah. It's the same – same kind of thing, because you can actually use a debit card that pays in Bitcoin. Yeah, I have debit cards. I have uh, a couple of de- different debit cards that you can put crypto on. Okay. And not just Bitcoin. You can put Ethereum. Uh, you can put Stellar Lumens on there. And those are different types different of type cryptocurrency. And you just put them on there. And then if the – let's say one you put it on there and you bought it for $0.40 cents and it goes to a dollar, then you went from eating – like at a Mexican restaurant to go and eat in the most expensive steakhouse in town. Okay. Like Just you're be- like, oh, look, it went up. Let's go steak. You know, let's go eat steak. <laughs> right. Okay. Because <laughs> it's on your card. It just went up. So it's already on there. And every time it goes up, like in the, I guess this is a worldwide thing, obviously, like everyone that's using it, when the pri- the more people that get into it, the more this, it's kind of like stocks. It's like putting uh like... I guess a real currency to the stock market, almost. Like, is that they is that do, a fair they, assessment? Uh, I mean, if you want to say that, but it's not really that way. Not really it's, that way. It's more like the so st- the way I look at stocks. Stocks are like you're buying into this idea of this company possibly getting like Amazon. Like, oh look, they're going to kick so much butt, they're going to be worth as much as Amazon. I understand. And you're going to ride that wave with them. I, but oh, okay. Bitcoin and all these other co- currencies are are more of like a um, it's because it's blockchain. Yeah. So everything in there is is data, and it's and it's always stored there. So it's a technology instead of a company. It's not a company. Okay. You can't call Bitcoin and go, "Hey, man, we're you know, I want to talk to the owner of Bitcoin." Like there is no there's right. no owner. There's no owner. It's like you're you. There's no phone number. There's no address. But somebody had to at least start it and like right. it's invent like, it. I guess. Like, what if you get pissed off at the CEO of Gold? Are you going to call him <laughs> up? Hey, where's I want to talk to that head guy at Gold? Like, there's yeah. nobody home. There's nobody. It's home. just a piece of you know, right. gold. Okay, so I guess would it be in the same? And again, I'm just asking questions because I'm ignorant to the whole thing. I don't know anything. I'm a dummy, but I, I'm I'm curious enough to like want to know 
at least a little bit more about it just because people talk about it, I want to at least somewhat be able to fake it <laughs> in a conversation <laughs> with somebody. So is there like – okay, with our currency now, there is – there is. I mean obviously it would be an astronomical number for us to actually compile – the amount there's a there's a ceiling to the amount of actual currency we is have there, in the world. I don't know, maybe not. I mean, I feel I feel they're I making it up as they're making it, it up is. a new number every yeah, day. I think that's the problem. Maybe that is the problem. Is that the there's, case in Bitcoin? Like, is there a ceiling? Is there, there only is. so many? There is so it's much a finite supply. There's only 21 million. There only ever will be 21 million. Ever, ever. Okay. There will never be more than that. Now, how is that? If it's a uh, strictly because it's, it's written in the code from the beginning. So when okay. the last Bitcoin is mined, it's gonna be it's gonna be in like the year twenty one forty. We got so they already to go. know, they already know like all this stuff. Yeah, they already know. That's crazy. How is that possible? It's, it's prophecy. Do you feel it's prophecy? <laughs> so how? <laughs> that's funny. There is a so once it gets to the point where it's fully mined up, is there even a possibility that somebody could add more somehow? No, no, not even. No way. Okay. Now there's other coins, so you could say those ones could change. Yeah, well, no, it depends on how they wrote it. Oh, so okay. if they wrote in there, so there's coin. I found this one the other day, and it's like it's doing the opposite. So they're going to start out at 21 million, but they're going to end up at 2.1 million. They're going to okay. burn them. So you're going to buy in, and instead of your, uh, you know, to get the price to go up, you got to have more people buy it. Uh. But this is going to be. The more you use it, the more it gets burned, and your the price is going to go up as they get burned down. Crazy. It's the opposite. It's pretty cool. I don't know if it will ever take off, but it could. So yeah. once it gets to the $21 million, and that's everyone – I mean maybe this is the, the question I should be asking. You say it, you're mining. What, what are you hunting for? What are you looking for? What are you, try, what are you mining? Where is it coming from? Like where where is the $21 million if it's not – if it's not out there floating around in somebody's account already. Where, what, if you if you mine them all up? Well, I I guess maybe because I don't know exactly what I'm talking about, I don't know the right way to ask this. So I'm going to try to like lightly tread on this question. So I guess when you so if there's 21 million, that's all there will ever be. That's all there will ever be. And there's like four, at least three to four million that are lost forever because people lost them. Lost them, like, like lost they, a hard drive lost, or something. They, yeah, lost their their uh, keys, their private keys. Or, really? Yeah, they're just like, oh, they forgot about them or whatever. Or maybe they died, whatever. They're <laughs> okay. gone. They're, they're gone They're forever. still there. They're out on the blockchain, but they no one can access them. Ah. So they're just dead. They're just dead to... So where so when the twenty one million first started, so when this Bitcoin first started, what happened with the twenty one million? One person had it and then just started selling it to other people, the, and then they're, just started. They're selling. not there yet. So it started off being uh, every block or like ten. Every block is like a ten minute block. Okay. So you would get every ten minutes, fifty bitcoins would get released from that are brand new. 50. Oh, so, so that's time, how it works. Yeah. So then the first people that mined it. We're getting 50 Bitcoins every 10 minutes. But then as more miners came on, then they would have to split those up. So the first guy that did it, he's getting 50, and he mined the crap out of it for, I don't know how long that guy mined, but he 
mine, and he was the only miner. He was making fifty of them. He's dead now, but still, this, <laughs> the, yeah. There's so there's a, like some history in this this whole thing. How long has it been around? Like uh, since two thousand and nine. Two thousand and nine. So in the history of the world, it's not like not not very long. Ten no. years, eleven, yeah. twelve years. Now. Yeah. Not long, and wow. it went from from the beginning, early days. You could take a hundred, whatever it was, maybe it was ten thousand big, something crazy like that. And the guy goes, "I'm hungry. I'm going to get some pizza," and he p- pays ten thousand bitcoins for two pizzas. And now, ten thousand bitcoins buying a whole lot more than pizza. I'm sure. So, what is it up to now for one bitcoin? Fifty six thousand dollars. Fifty six thousand dollars for one bitcoin. For one. That's crazy. That's crazy. You're, he's $55,808. <laughs> Eric actually has it. Like, there's literally a screen. Like, that's I what, should have been sitting over there so you, I could watch my charts. Yeah, you probably should have. <laughs> but I guess that's kind of what got me to actually want to ask the question. First off, because I'm looking at these screens behind you that your, your computers are constantly kind of mining and tracing where things are at right now in the whole system, I guess. so. Right. And we don't have to get... Too much more into it. I just figured I was interested yeah, enough to ask. Yeah, we can talk ask. about it here and there. Yeah. I, was, I, I figured it was just interesting enough to ask. I don't want to like – not that it's boring at all, but I, I just want to – I wanted to see kind of get on the edge to be able to look over into the volcano and say, oh, okay, yeah. so that's what it's like. I mean there. we can do another podcast and just talk about Bitcoin. Well, yeah. I, we'll, we'll do it another one. Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, I feel – so, okay. What else – so I don't know if – how into the weeds you want to get with the Erie Vaughn thing? If you want to stop where we're at, because you don't want to get, you don't want to release the hounds too well, much. The, but you're the, trying to record. So do you know who Erie Vaughn is? Right? I do. So he, but feel free to bring people up well, to speed. So just like, yeah. So he was, all up to he speed. was first involved with the Misfits. Was a photographer. Mm-hmm. Made epic photographs of the Misfits. They want him to be the. They want him to be in the. They want him to be the drummer. Okay. And it would have been perfect. I will, I'm like, come on, he should have been the drummer. And I think he probably he played with them, like practice or whatever. Yeah. But then when Glenn started Sam Hain, he brought Erie to do that, and then he brought Erie on to do Danzig. So he's he, he's seen it all. I'm I mean, sure. All the I think I think Misfits like when they were like, oh, they're a punk band. I'm like, I don't think they're a punk band. They're just their own thing. They're their own. Because a lot of those other bands like they kind of like rubber stamp this is what a punk band sounds like after like the, the descendants came out it it's may have like been they cat- like the they may have been categorized back then because punk was still very new and right. they were like closer to that category than maybe anywhere else i guess maybe that's why they got put into that category i i assume i don't yeah, know so if you remember like back in the day when like so you had the Sex Pistols and the Ramones, and they, no one really knew what was going on with right. punk. They were just, like, doing Their whatever they wanted to do. Right. So then you have, like, Bad Brains. They were a bunch of Rasta dudes. Yeah. And they were like, hey, let's uh, let's play punk rock. How about that? What's that going to sound like? Right. They don't know what they're doing, and but listen to it. It's awesome. It's just so and different. It's complete, completely different. And then, and then, like, Fear. Fear was, like, some... Like that guy was playing like blues, like leaving was playing like blues and stuff. Yeah. Like, what's that going to sound like? So like these guys, they grew up in different genres and they were like, let's try this punk rock thing. Or And so it was like all creation, like creating this thing. Right. But they didn't call that punk rock back in the day. 
Okay. They called it like hardcore or skate rock or whatever. Right. No one were like, oh, Black Flag's a punk band. They were like, that's a hardcore band. Right. But then the hardcore guys started like doing that crazy weird punch thing. Punch, they were like punching punch, in the air, thing, and like yeah. if you were like anywhere near it, you might get knocked out. Right. And that, and then that and that sounded like death metal to me. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so for me to tell the difference between death metal and hardcore is I got to look and see what they're wearing. Gotcha. Because I don't know what they're saying. <laughs> you, can't, you can't tell what they're saying. I got to say, oh, that guy's got some shorts on and his short hair. That's a hardcore band. Or like a basketball jersey or something. Right. You know, like this oh, guy's sure. all like. They have the look. Like, yeah. They have the look for sure. Yeah. So maybe that's another direction I want to go in just because you grew up so close to Nashville. The obviously this so this project is my first real like I've been in Nashville just kind of coming through riding riding street riding around town riding two rivers riding the skate park and then getting out or whatever doing a doing a, a show or whatever and then and then leaving so I never really spent any time here but from the outside looking in Nashville is pretty well known as the, it's the music city it's the music city so like growing up so close to the music city you. You obviously you had to have just had a crazy upbringing in music. Like skateboarding and music always goes together. Bikes and music always goes together. But like living in this zone, you had to have seen some of the craziest shows and like just the most legendary bands well, around here. I would assume you, you go to school and you and you're going to school with like some kid whose dad is like some country singer. Okay, and you're like, it's just you know it's going to happen multiple I'm times. Sure. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's my friend, and his dad's a country singer. Oh, here's another guy. So I had a friend, and we were trying to learn how to play guitar. We didn't we didn't know how to play guitar. We were, we were trying to play uh, a Misfit song, and it was like, I got something to say. I killed yep. your baby today. We're like, oh, man, he's, if we ask him to to teach us how to play the song, he's going to hear those words and be like, what are you listening to? You know. So we had to like figure out a way. So I was like, all right, let's take the cassette and – dub it over to the other cassette but right when it says the kill your baby we'll just hit the pause button just tap it and then i you know the other part where and we tap that one so then we listen to it's like hi guys it just kind of mumbles it yeah and then he and he taught us how to play it and he was adding all these hot licks in there and stuff (laughs) and that dude i I won't say his name but he was a legendary guitar player really country guitar player really big time yeah, and we and, were, and he's it. just ripping this Misfits song, <laughs> and he had no idea. He had no idea. That's <laughs> that's so. After this, I have to find out who that oh, was. Oh yeah, I'll tell you. Okay. <laughs> see, that's that's fun. That's yeah. see, that's a cool story. I love that. So, I guess, uh, what are some of the more memorable shows you've seen around here? Uh, I mean, have you always been in the music? Obviously, it seems like your history with music and Misfits specifically yeah, I mean, is pretty. I mean, like I liked. Um, like I saw the Circle Jerks, yeah, at Exit In where they put the ramp. Yeah, yeah, we were, we did that demo. Yeah, or whatever that seen a, a, thing is. Yeah, I've seen a lot of a lot of bands. Um, Fugazi. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really was in the Fugazi, but I do like them when they come, when I hear it. I'm like, this is awesome. Watch but, seeing them live is is yeah. a whole different thing because yeah. I'm I'm on the same page. I never really got into them, but I can definitely appreciate them when they come on the radio yeah. or, or n- not necessarily the so radio. I don't know if a, videos a, or whatever. A lot of people know this, but like in the whenever Fugazi was, it maybe like early '90s. Fugazi was Ian McKay was the singer of Minor, Minor Threat. 
and then he was in Fugazi. Yeah. And at that time, he was like giving lectures to people about mosh pit and stage diving and stuff. Like, really? don't do that. It's stupid. You're, you know, we've did this in the seventies. Find something new. Like he would give a spiel to everybody. That's like, funny. And so he's up there giving his spiel about stage diving. Like, don't do that. And my friend Brent, I don't think he heard him because he and he came up walking from backstage. I don't know how he got back there, and he walks right past him. Ian McKay, he walks right past him and stage dives, and the whole place went nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it was that was at Exit Inn. No, that was here in Nashville. This place called Three Twenty Eight. Oh, okay. Because I was gonna say at Exit Inn when we were riding the ramp earlier today. Uh, that's set up in the in the bar. There's a. There's a sign right next to the ramp that was like a no stage diving thing. Oh, for when really? They, yeah, there's a there's a big sign that says oh, no stage diving. You must have got that movement going. Maybe could have been. But now at Exit Inn, I did see the Circle Jerks once, and I was pretty young. I, I, our parents dropped us off. Like one of my friends' parents dropped us off, and I remember them. Do you remember that movie uh, Repo Men? Yeah. So that they had this. I couldn't tell you anything about the it. The soundtrack. But... It was like some alien thing, and it was Emilio Estevez, and they had this alien in the back of his tr- trunk and he was a repo man and it's just a whole thing but anyway the the soundtrack was all these punk bands like oh. a great soundtrack and he was um so so uh the, the circle jerks had a song on there called when the shit hits the fan yeah and it was a slow it was acoustic it was just a slow uh, version but on their other on their albums it was like real fast like well i gotta talk when the shit hits the fan yeah like just punk rock so when at exit in they played the acoustic slow version and they made everyone lay down really they were like everyone just lay down on the ground and they were like these you know back in those days it was like these mosh pit dudes were like ready to fucking throw down skinheads and everybody they're all in there like whoa uh, uh, and they were like lay down are you, are you kidding me and then everybody just starts kicking back relaxed chilling just chilling and they played that song it was it was incredible i'm sure it was awesome it was a totally different like no, who who does that? No one does that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you have the power of those dudes yeah. on that. It's so crazy the power that musicians have sometimes over an entire crowd. A good good musician, a good frontman can have the power yeah. over. Yeah, Keith Morris. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I guess who are your some of your your favorite show that you ever saw? Would that have been one of them that you ever saw? That one, yeah. I mean, there's always like I, I wouldn't say like I have a favorite show, but I like there's there's certain moments like yeah, that. the moments stand the ones out. that stand out, the moments stand yeah. out for sure. Yeah. Uh, so like uh like I saw Body Count. Did you ever see Ice T and Body Count? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I'm familiar. So with, but I never. I've never I, seen Ice T is a genius. Okay, he's a genius. Go on. So he, he <laughs> at three twenty eight. <laughs> I'm talking like maybe like a thousand, fifteen hundred people. I don't know how many people it would hold. But a lot, a pretty good sized club. Yeah. So he comes out and he's his opening act is himself, is Ice T the rap, version, yeah. His his rap act. So he's he, the whole place is just black people. They come out to see the rap. This yeah. was in like ninety one or whatever year that was. So the whole place is just ready to see some rap music. I'm like one of the only white couple of white people in there, not very many, but as soon as that's over, they left. And then all the all the uh, metalheads, you know, were Came outside in. waiting to get in. They didn't want to see the rap and they were waiting to see the metal. And then they come in 
We flipped the room twice. Whoa. These people paid. They left. Next gets people. a whole nother group, group of people. And it's brilliant. What an insanely. He is a genius. He's a genius. Wow. That's he just crazy. made. And you were there double. for the show? Yeah. Did you say for both? It was the loudest show I've ever heard. <laughs> Completely. Probably blew my eardrums out. I'll bet. That, yeah. Now, when was that? Maybe like 91, 90. 91. Like Whatever. Wow. Whenever body count was. You know, like Cop Killer came out and people were Crazy. flipped out. They're oh, like I'm sure. PMRC. Oh, I'm sure. They freaked. <laughs> That's why. And they made him take it off the record. What? The album is called Cop Killer, and they made him take Cop Killer off the record. Oh, my gosh. And they replaced it with Freedom of Speech off of <laughs> the Iceberg album, which is a rap song. This is a great one, too. <laughs> See, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's one. There's one thing that that this kid that I hang out with, I'm always like, and he's like, go on and hook me up with about thirty or eighty thousand, and that came from Ice T record. Really, thirty yeah. or eighty thousand? Yeah, it's like thirty or eighty, not thirty or forty, just thirty or eighty thousand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just here, a random thought there. Random. I see. That's what I appreciate. I feel I'm a. I love useless trivia facts. So. All right, let's let's end on a good note. Not that we have to end anytime soon, but if we're going to we're, at least yeah. head in that direction, uh, give me because I feel you got some some useless trivia. I like that this whole thing has been like random, just like, random. You didn't plan anything. You don't have a notepad. No, we're just talking, just making it up as we go. Yeah, I love that. That's, awesome. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. If we, if we had if I had a notepad and like okay, went through the next it, question, and that, I'd be yeah, like, Ugh. <laughs> it'd be so boring. Yeah, it'd be so boring for maybe this is boring. I don't know. Maybe like, it is. We're gonna be bored. <laughs> <laughs> I feel we mix it up so much. So there's a little bit for everybody. Yeah. So okay, give me that useless. Bar information. The, when I say bar information, like you're at a bar, hanging out with some homies, having a couple of drinks. Tell me your useless trivia. Your like your fa- like a couple of your favorite useless trivia facts. This is the hardest question. I know. I know. All right, I'll tell you one. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll start you tell off. Me with, one. I'll start off with one. And because if I'm at a bar, I'm probably going to be drunk, and I'm not going to remember. You're not going to remember anything. anything. No, but this is a question that. And I, I don't think I've ever actually asked this question before, but I just – we were talking about it. You g- gave me a couple bits of useless information. And I say useless information, like fun information. Okay, like I've got one. Those fun <laughs> things. So I'll tell you mine and this and, – and then we'll go from there because I'm actually – and the reason I'm, I, I'm more curious about this now is because I'm writing them all down. When I hear something, I'm like, I didn't know that. I, w- I want to start writing them all down. So once I get to 1,000, I can write a book, 1,000 things that th- – I want my, the book is going to be called Things That Make You Go, Hmm. <laughs> so so my bit that I'm going to tell you is Napoleon Bonaparte and uh, Abraham Lincoln were alive at the same time. Napoleon was like it was only uh, Abraham Lincoln was about to be like was just born and Napoleon was just about to die. But they were alive at the same time. But. And that might be you- such stupid, useless information, <laughs> but doesn't it – like when you think of the Napoleon Bonaparte time frame and age, like when you look back in time and you just think, okay, Napoleon, that just seems like the 1700s. That seems so long ago. But Abraham Lincoln is 1800s when he was born or whatever it was, 18 – I don't remember exactly, 30-something. But like they were alive at the same time. It seems like they're two completely different – I don't know. That always just so 
I don't know if you know you know who Hank Williams is. Yes. You know who Mac Wiseman is? Mac Wiseman? Mac Wiseman. No. Mac he was a country bluegrass legend. Okay. He lived to be like ninety he just died like two years ago. He's he was like ninety something, whatever ninety eight. Okay. No, close to a hundred. Well, I got the privilege to meet that guy. And I went to his house and tuned his guitar for him, and you know it was cool. Like that's really I'm cool. In the presence of this guy, that's really. And cool. he was, in, he's like, because we did an interview, kind of like this, we're with a video camera, and and he was like, he's like, where do you want me? I'm like, oh, you look comfortable. Just stay right where you are. He's in his lazy boy, and he just looks comfortable. Like just stay right where you are. We'll we'll come to you. Yeah, you know you you've earned it. And then I found out that he was he used to tour with Hank Williams, and you're like. Hank Williams died when he was like 30 or whatever. Yeah. This guy lived to almost 100, and you're like, he lived so many more lifetimes past (laughs) Hank Williams. Right. That's mind-blowing to me. Three lifetimes, actually. Yeah. So, like, (laughs) I mean, he's got stories with Hank Williams, which is pretty rare anyway. Yeah. And then he's got all these other ones. I love that. Just a whole other multiple lifetimes of... Hank Williams. See, they, these are the kind of things, these are the kind of thoughts that I want to know more about, like hearing more about like those stories. Because, I mean, I know there's however many documentaries about just random stuff, like Beatles stories. I'm a Beatle nerd. I, yeah. I like Beatles and stuff like that. But, like, hearing all those stories, like how that sto- how that song, how they came up with the, how that song came about, or this or that, or just the stories of traveling and touring and this and that and the other. It's just like... Wow, like I like hearing that kind of stuff. So when I hear that story, I'm like, oh wow! Like even though I don't know this singer in particular, it's just so crazy. Like Hank Williams, wow, that's see that's special. That's yeah. I like hearing that kind of stuff. It's fun. Keeps mm-hmm. it keeps it fun. So, got anything else for us? I feel that's a I got great, tons more. You got tons more. But if, if you want to call it, then we'll do another one another time. We can do that. I mean, we're we're coming up on an hour. We talked about Bitcoin. We talked about skateboarding. We talked. What else did we talk? Eerie vibes. I mean, stuff. I'm. I don't have to leave. Music. We can. We can. We can go for a little bit longer <laughs> if you want. I'm not scared. All right. Well, come up with something and let's go. <laughs> well, what, now you're putting me on. The spot. <laughs> what, what do you want to talk about? Skateboarding more or what? Uh, I mean, we got tons of that. I I like just information. I like stories. Yeah. Well, so all right, story time. Give me a give me a story story time, man. See, you're putting me on the spot. I now. know story time. <laughs> I can be like, so oh. so this is this is a question that I kind of ask a lot of people sometimes, and uh, it's like I kind of go to the bar story uh, persona, just like not necessarily that you have to be at a bar, but like if you're out just hanging out with friends, whatever, and you're just kind of talk. What's the story that has come up a couple times? It's like the one that's like on the tip, like you're ready to. Unleash this story every like well, it's a I'll good you, story. I'll tell you one. And okay, this is so creature. You know, creature skateboards. Came, yes, they came to Nashville once, probably more than once, but once this one time. So it was like Darren Navarrete and like Peter Hugh from Anti Hero was with them, mm-hmm. and and uh, Joe Hammocky, the photographer guy. Like they had a whole crew with them, and they were skating at the skate park. I was there. Then they were like, "Hey, man, you want?" Uh, show us around and i was like sure where you you know you're staying at this hotel come pick you up went down there picked him up took him down to broadway they're like we went to all the bars then we end up at this it was kind of dead that so it was a while ago because it ain't never dead down there now it's always hopping but um this it was kind of dead it was like a wednesday night or whatever it was kind of dead and they were like 
let's go somewhere else. So I took them to this bar. It was like karaoke bar. Navarette gets up there. They're all getting drunk by this point. Navarette sings, one is the loneliest number. And then when he got done, he was like, let me do it one more time. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> and then they kicked us out. They're like, one, is, one is all this number twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one is all you get. <laughs> See, that's funny. I like that. That it's a great <laughs> idea because I love karaoke and I love making people laugh during karaoke. One of my favorite songs to sing during for karaoke is ZZ Top LaGrange. Oh, that's if you're great. familiar with the song, oh, there's yeah. about 20 seconds of singing and then four minutes of instrumental. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you just end up standing up there not doing anything right. for three and a half minutes. That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> and they actually have that on the list. Regularly. And, and you're like, where's LaGrange? We're, here we go again. We're going to do it again. Every time. That's My hilarious. go-to is uh, is Journey, Don't Stop Believing. I, I mean, I feel I can make... Uh, I can hold my own with that one. Uh, but the Grange, that's the funny one. That's the funny one. That's the Another funny one, one is uh, what's what's that uh, Metallica song? Um, Steve Perry is who I was thinking for Journey. Steve, I'd make Steve Steve Perry proud. But uh, what's that Metallica song? There's it's a... just an instrumental. It's uh, Orion. I think Orion is a full instrumental. So if if that's on there, sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. You just get up there and you don't say a thing, and then just the whole song. If they have that on the list, that's pretty funny too. (laughs) But like Steve Perry, uh, I don't do that. No, (laughs) because there's a funny story. And Keith and we were skating the other day, and and Keith was this actually happened for real. So my boss used to have a radio show, and he would interview people, and he'd get people on there in his radio show, and and he had this guy that wrote. Oh Sherry, really? Yeah, and and I, and he told me that, and I was like, I hate that song. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'll I'll come down there and I'll punch that guy in the face. I hate that song for him writing that song. And and then so he gets him on the on the radio show, and he's like, Yeah, our uh, uh, guy Eric Martin that works for us, it, it's his favorite song. He love he loves it, and and he said it on the radio, and then Keith was listening to it and actually heard. it my boss say that and called me he's like dude they're just talking about you on the radio and i'm like i know and i'm i was so mad and, <laughs> and then they played that song and then so i was in the i was skating and keith told mike that story while we were skating and he put it on the and radio. then so mike's looking all mischievous over here and then I, i'll go to drop in again or i'm about to and he's like playing this misfit song to get me all hyped up or whatever because we were trying that new thing and, uh, so this is just recently. It was a, a week just the ago. other day. And then he's like, uh, and Keith had just told him the story. Mike's playing this misfit song, and right when I'm about to drop in, he changes it to "Oh Sherry," <laughs> and I just stopped and I looked at him. And I was like, "Don't play that song." <laughs> and, and he starts laughing, and then I start to tell him the story. And he's like, "Yeah, he just told me. Keith, Keith just told me." <laughs> like, you heard it here first, oh, oh, man. <laughs> There's a couple of songs that I hate. Like, is that right? Yeah. The other one is uh, uh, Four Non Blondes. You know that song? Uh, 
I know the name, but I can't think of the actual what's song. Go, what's going on by Four Non Blondes? Oh, okay. I hate it. Hate it. Okay. Can't stand. But if, other so I than won't that, have. I won't put either of these as your other, intro song right, for this podcast. Right, right. You probably will. Though. I probably will. But yeah, there's a couple songs that I hate, and there's a whole bunch of them that I like, and then whole, a whole bunch of them I just don't care about. Don't care about. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you made me laugh with a couple of stories, so I think that's a beautiful place to end. All right. For this one, yeah, yeah, because do, we will we'll be do doing more. another one. We can do more. We can do a whole bunch of them on Bitcoin. I I plan on it. And the I next time I, I I should get cameras out and we can we can Oh, do, we'll film them. We'll we film them. multiples. Yeah, we'll fil- we'll film them. I this was just last minute. And yeah, it was, it was cool. I'm it was glad late, you did it because so. I was just sitting here on like getting ready to chill out for the night. Hell yeah. And so here we are. Yeah, here we are. Knocked we it out. We Knocked did it. Out. We did it. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome welcome to the podcast. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, Eric, that was awesome. Thanks for thanks for uh, doing this with me. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. it. And uh, thank you guys all for listening to another podcast. You keep listening. We'll keep cranking them out. Have a good one. We'll talk to you soon.